0: To Ladies Get Action,
1: the podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. This week we watched Den of Thieves. <laughs> but before we begin, Rebecca, I have to interrupt you. Today is a very important occasion. It's a very special day. It's a very special day because it's Emily's 10th birthday, my sweet
0: baby dog, the official studio dog of Lady, Ladies Get Action. Definitely. Um, She's 10 today, which is so crazy. Um, She doesn't look or act 10. Everyone thinks she's a baby, for the record. She looks amazing for her age or any dog's age. Um, But yeah, it's just a trip that she's 10 years old. You had shared a lot of really
1: cute puppy pictures on the gram. Yes. They were so adorable. Baby Emily at, what, eight weeks?
0: Yeah, I got her right at, I think I got her at seven weeks, which is like a week too early. Um, But I had to pick her up. There's some kind of timing issue, so they let me get her a little bit early. Oh, she was such a sweet baby.
1: Oh. So good. Among the many things that Emily loves, I, I would say top three are people, stairs, and stealing food off people's plates at
0: parties. <laughs> yes. And staircase is not staring at people. Yes. To be clear. Yes. She loves to bound up and down stairs. Yeah. she way more than me. <laughs> we don't have that in common. She didn't learn it from me. But she is such a little princess and I love her so much. And it's just very sweet that she's 10 and, you know, she's got unlimited more years to go because she's immortal, but yes. at least another 10. So I'm I'm just very happy and excited for her. And I got her a little doggy uh, birthday biscuit <laughs> and treats. Rebecca
1: and I went and got our nails done in anticipation of our Disney trip, which is very exciting
0: very soon. Mm-hmm. And we stopped into a little cute little doggy store. Oh my gosh. The dog store was fantastic. So we went in this really fancy dog store on the Upper West Side and you could tell it was fancy, just like from the layout and the display in the window. And we were chatting, we're like chatting with the lady and there's like a cat there. Very cute Bengal kitten. Yeah. Very cute cat. And we're looking at the um, cute little raincoats and stuff. And I glance over and I see like a wall of sweaters and like, Oh, how beautiful sweaters in every color. And they were cashmere sweaters for like $250 a piece for little dogs. Oh, Rebecca, it was $225. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Right. Come on. I mean, that's so reasonable. <laughs> and Rin knows this. Like, I bought myself a cashmere sweater for the first time this year. Um, and it was like a treat to myself. And that was a big deal for me um, because I worry about, you know, damaging my clothes in general. But also, like, it, it was an expensive purchase and to think that people are spending two twenty five dollars on little dog sweaters and we, when we were checking out we ended up talking with the lady working there and I just had to ask her I was like so do you sell a lot of the cashmere sweaters and she's like oh yes she told us about a woman who's I think this is the long-haired dachshund she was telling us about or maybe the the Maltese Yorkie one of them will only wear cashmere. Won't move for other fabric. (laughs) She said that this woman would bring her dog in there and they would try another fabric and the dog wouldn't move. Like in protest. Only cashmere.
1: And Yeah. I think if I could do that in my life,
0: like (laughs) really,
1: I'd have it made.
0: Yeah. I mean, we should all protest other clothing and only wear cashmere.
1: I don't get out of bed unless it's cashmere.
0: Exactly. Well, this dog has it made. And then we heard a story of another dog um, who's, whose dog parent lives in Yonkers has someone else drive her down to the Upper West Side to go to this doggy boutique in particular, buys the cashmere sweaters and only feeds her dog Omaha steaks.
1: You would think, I mean, I understand like it's raw meat. It's really high quality. Well, I don't know if she's cooking them or not. Right. Right. True. I guess who knows. I was going to say,
0: you'd think you'd want to incorporate like some veggies in there too for a dog. (laughs) Well, I mean, when I first got Emily, I did all this research and I was ready to become like a really snobby dog person and only feed her raw meat because that's what it said. But like freeze-dried raw beef and salmon was like the way to go. And there's this brand, and Chewy's, that does it. And it's supposedly super amazing. It's incredibly expensive and hard to find too. Well, I fed her that for the first year and a half of her life. And it turns out she was completely malnourished. And finally, Yvette said like, Why don't you put her on regular kibble and she's been fine ever since and at a perfect normal weight and happy just goes to show. But could she be happier with a cashmere sweater? Well, the sweater, yes. (laughs) So that's why we're starting a GoFundMe to help buy Emily a cashmere sweater. You can donate a link in bio and we're very serious about this. We need a lot of money for her.
1: Yeah. She deserves her cashmere sweaters. Mm -hmm. Though pivoting there's <laughs> um, nothing less than nothing less listen if I could get a GoFundMe just to cover the cost of renting the movie that we just watched
0: <laughs> I would do that all of four dollars
1: I could use that four dollars yeah preferably on like a baked good from
0: a favorite bakery yeah yeah man let's get into the movie um <laughs> all right
1: so this week we watched Den of Thieves I had seen it, I think so we we compiled a list of action movies a while ago. We chose it last week. I looked at the listing before I watched it and I was like, okay, bank heist. I can mm-hmm. get behind this. About 15 minutes in, I texted Rebecca to ask if she was watching. And
0: she was not. yeah, And started, yeah, I started late.
1: Yeah. And then about I think at 15 minutes in, you
0: texted me to ask I was. It was 15, minutes in. I said. What do you think about like pulling the plug or like pivoting? Is it too late to pivot and you were an hour in and it was far too late to pivot at that point. I was,
1: I was an hour and a half in.
0: Oh man.
1: Um, I'm going to call this, I'm going to call this a Gerard movie partly because (laughs) it has Gerard Butler in it and is produced by his uh, production company. And partly because it reminds me so much of Olympus has fallen. Okay. So like in the second iteration of our podcast, Rebecca and I tried watching this movie and it was it was awful. We couldn't get through it. It also starred Gerard Butler. And I know we watched the whole thing, did we?
0: Yeah, we didn't watch the whole sequel. Right. Oh, right, you're right. We watched the whole fucking movie. i blocked that out. <laughs> Let's get into it.
1: Okay, so it opens with these statistics about <laughs> bank robberies. And I'm curious, I don't remember which
0: movie exactly I've seen statistics like these, except I saw they have it in um escape from new york it was like in 19 in 1888 the crime rate was this this. yes but specifically
1: about bank robberies they have it in um the town anyway apparently la is the bank heist capital of the world
0: yeah one of the statistics was like eight times like banks are robbed eight times a day yeah which is hard to believe so you know it opens like mid heist like most of these movies do um and just before we get into the 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 plot. Jared Butler, I, I, I could never call myself a fan. I don't like
1: seeing him on my screen. (laughs) I'm sorry. He seems like a lovely man based on what I, you know, I scrolled his Instagram and he seems like a very, very nice man. But every time he was on my screen, I was like, I hate you.
0: (laughs) Well, the character is detestable. The
1: characters. Well, and the crazy thing is. (laughs) This character is obviously, obviously meant to be not detestable, but like kind of an anti-hero. Yes, but he's clearly the villain. He's the villain of the whole movie, and in so many ways. And ke- the movie keeps on wanting us to root for him, and I keep saying nope,
0: nope. There's so many times I wrote down maybe he can die in this scene, maybe when he lights a cigarette at the very end, the car will blow up because there's like you know been so much gunfire. Who knows? He was awful. God,
1: <laughs> when. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when divorce papers are served to him, I wrote in big capitals, yes, wife, divorce him! Because, oh my god. Okay, so let's go back to the (laughs) beginning, though. Because I have a question about this teasing, this opening scene, this teaser. So, in a lot of the action movies that we've watched, the teaser is meant to, in a specific type of movie, it's meant to
0: showcase how good people are at their job, right? Sure, or or to establish like an incident that The dominoes fall from. Right. An inciting incident. Yeah I guess
1: that's what this is. I think I was hoping for this to be a better representation of how good the bank robbers were at their job Mm. and it wasn't like I didn't get the sense of camaraderie I didn't really care about them.
0: There's no camaraderie in any part of this movie and the film posits a gang of cops and a gang of robbers. Um, neither of which has any chemistry or loyalty to the others within their gang. Nope. Or or any interest or or um connection with anyone from the other gang.
1: No, we have to be told by the cops about the, the
0: bank robbers' connections to each other. Oh, and they're they're the loosest you could think of. Oh, they right. this one played football with that one and yeah, they served together. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't matter to the film. No. Um, but you know, my first note with this opening sequence is like we're seeing an armored truck. So it's all going to be about armored trucks and like the moving of money from banks and so on. We see an armored truck stop at a donut shop, and everyone gets out of the armored truck to go buy donuts. In what world? In what world is someone moving money in an armored truck from one location to the other? Which is like like they even acknowledge later is like a timed thing. Right. It's right. like a very, very schedule conscious thing to do. And they all oh, let me get a donut. And they knew this would happen because they always get donuts. And then we're in a big gunfight and they start killing cops. And like, oh my god, they're just so they're just gonna kill cops like this with no consequences. And yes, that was the answer. Yeah, although um Pablo
1: Schreiber has the line of now we're cop killers. Yeah. I got that too. And I have to say, I feel like for the past couple of movies, I've been really harsh from the get-go. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I really like this movie. So I was trying to see this movie with an open heart sure. and mind. And I wasn't totally in absolute denial, like in absolute hatred of it yet. Um, and even with that line, I was like, okay, maybe this movie is going to be kind of
0: interesting. Like there's a sure. way to that line. You know? Sure, yeah, that, that could have been something. Right. Um, it wasn't. And then Gerard Butler shows up. I know. And I said, I wrote, oh, is Gerard Butler's in this movie. And then it, he was breaking into a house. I knew it was his ex-wife, but didn't realize it was his current wife. I I wrote down bad dad. Yeah, clearly the worst dad. Yeah. Um, I also wrote,
1: like, how mad would you be if your ex showed up to your house where your children were sleeping? Current, hu- current husband, oh. not even
0: an ex. Oh, right, right. Oh, right. Okay.
1: But he was sneaking in my Yeah, why
0: was he breaking? Well, I guess he wanted her to think that he was sleeping there the whole night. I guess
1: so. I'm sorry. Also, if you were drinking milk straight out of the carton, that's gross.
0: <laughs> Pour yourself a cup. Well, the idea of drinking milk at all is disgusting to me. Yes. That's a personal issue. But so he breaks into his own house. His wife is pissed. And she's like, hey, you weren't home. It's like 6 a.m. What the fuck? And she like sort of plays coy about it. And she's like, oh, what were you up to last night? He's like, oh, I was working. And she shows him a text that he sent her that says, you a bad bitch. That was so hot. (laughs) And he's caught, you know, sleeping with some kind of stripper or prostitute. And that's it. He is a scumbag. That's it. There's no twist. Like, oh, I have an explanation. No, he's just a scumbag. Um, But he gets aggressive immediately with her. He gets scary immediately. His kids are there. I felt very worried for the kids. When she, when she he's blocking the car When he blocks door, the car door? That I wrote it down, too. That awful. was very scary. Yeah. Um, very, very aggressive. And then I wrote down, oh, God, now this is, like, the license he needs to... I thought he was a criminal at first. I didn't realize he was a cop at all in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's the license that... It's good timing for him, you know, to now go do crime because his wife and his kids are out of the picture. <laughs> nope nope no he continues to stalk and harass them the whole movie yeah I just I mean
1: I couldn't figure out where the movie was going with this like were we supposed to
0: feel sympathy for him because I think like, so. it wanted us to I was terrified of him yeah and just disgusted he's just a scumbag at this point I didn't even know how much of a scumbag he was but yeah. he's a scumbag and then we get to a next scene where we find out he's a cop scumbag <laughs> um With the weirdest, like, crime scene scene I've ever seen where it's Gerard Butler showing up wearing uh, like the greasiest kind of outfit and look you could imagine. And he stinks and people comment on it. And his little gang of bad cop buddies, his corrupt cop gang, are all there at the crime scene just sort of hanging out waiting for Boss to come and to riff with him. And then you get these guys Like, the suits come in from the Fed, and they know Gerard Butler and hate him, and just went, oh, this is going to be exactly what I think this is. And it was. And it was. Which is a dick-measuring contest between two men, one who's considered um, effeminate, Mm -hmm. and the other one who's a real man. And it was nasty, and it got homophobic so fast. It got, yeah, this movie was really upsetting. Nasty. It got so, so aggressively homophobic immediately, Mm -hmm. where he said, I've got enough toxins in me to turn the Gaza Strip into a gay pride parade. I don't even know what that means. There are so many
1: things that I find deeply disturbing about that sentence. I think most of all was that that somebody read the script and was like, no, this is okay. We can green light this movie.
0: (laughs) He litters, (laughs) which is tiny, but it's also a gigantic character choice to make the he litters with abandon, actually fucking up a crime scene, which the suit mentions. You just toss a donut into the red zone. Well,
1: he was eating donuts from the crime scene that the cops had been like carrying. There's blood
0: on the box. The movie thinks that's cool, too. It's all cool. He smokes like a chimney. He's disgusting to women in his life. Um, he's incredibly homophobic. He litters. He's abusive to other people. Um, he beats up people constantly. A the movie's like, this is your hero, guys. Like, Check it out. Isn't he so manly? Don't you love him? Don't you He's want to be so just masculine. Like him? He's so cool and masculine. And then of course they make the uh, the suit a vegan. I didn't find the vegan thing offensive. I just thought it was lazy. Yeah, yeah. It was lazy and it was kind of expected. Yeah, it's just fucking lazy. Do you know who I liked
1: seeing on my screen better than Gerard Butler? The vegan FBI guy. Oh yeah, he was fine. He was
0: fine. He didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. We'll get so much more into why Gerard's character is disgusting. Um, here's one his backstory is that he killed a Filipino guy. That's it. We don't get to hear anything more about that. I mean, it sounds like it was just like a, another cop murder of an innocent person, the way it's presented. He's our hero. Our hero is one of the countless cops who's killed somebody without reason. And they just toss it off. They're like, yeah, you know, he's the guy who killed someone. So he's a dangerous cop, not like a tragic backstory. Even it's not something that he's contending with at all it's just oh yeah he kills people one of the things actually that struck me also in the teaser was the
1: our our gang of bank robbers the minute one of their people fell they were like oops marcus is dead he knew what he was getting into bye Mm -hmm. and i get that the movie wants us to move along but if i'm to believe that there's any camaraderie between them there wasn't no i know but yeah even just seeing Jared butler like having to deal with the knowledge that he's taken a life.
0: So, one of the delights of the film is Ice Cube's son is is the other lead role, one, or one of the lead roles. And he was great, I thought.
1: Every time O'Shea Jackson Jr. was on my screen, it was like, oh, thank God. I mean, not that the like, character
0: was very good, but no,
1: he did a nice job. I mean, it's just, he had like a, a you just he would, he, you know, a hero sort of thing on, on screen that made me want to watch him, or like I just enjoyed seeing him in this movie. Yeah. A ray of bright light in this <laughs> other one.
0: In a dark, dark room. Oh, God. Um. But they're at his bar, and Gerard says, you pull a lot of pussy in here? Then he says, I'd fuck you. Kidding. That moment was... I, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, once again, we have the problem of it's a lazy joke. It's a stupid joke. It's obviously deeply homophobic and regressive. But it's a bad joke. It's a joke from, like... I, I don't even understand. And also, what was the point of it? He's trying to intimidate him, I guess? I guess so. Yeah. Trying to see if he knew who he was. Like, trying to see if he could suss out he was a cop. Well, I don't know. I, I just thought he was trying to intimidate him with a threat of, of like... Rape? Yes. It was really upsetting. Um. Then I wrote, oh, okay, so Gerard is a very bad cop. That's This is when we see what a bad cop he is. He tasers... Oh, God, this scene. He tasers so the guy. He kidnaps Donnie. Um, it seems like mid him fucking a prostitute, too. He's, like, coming out of a room with a girl um, who looks like a sex worker. They go into this room where it's Gerard Butler and his gang of other cops who have drugs in the table, who are drinking and smoking, and they have, like, five what look like strippers or sex workers there in the room. Just observing all this. This the scene I wrote, this movie is like a trailer
1: for why we need to divert money away from
0: cops. <laughs> yes! I wrote I wrote A Cab here. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, really, oh. like, this is sick. <laughs> this is like really This is real sick.
0: I'm like all these cops are fucking horrible. Oh, this is also where I wrote this movie it makes me physically ill. <laughs> I go, what the fuck? Cop party with hookers, homophobic. And their are drugs on the table. And that's when Gerard in, explains this idea that he's in a cop gang. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, he also lays out for the audience that they're the bad guys. Well, he does say that. I actually liked that one line. He said, we <laughs> are not when... the bad guys. We are. The and one, I, I agree. The one line in the entire movie where we agree with this character. I agree. You're a very bad guy. In the scene, Gerard chokes Donnie out. I was, um, I was really worried for Donnie. He gets really out of control and his cop friends just sit there and look at him like, yeah, this is what we do. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, what like for whom is this movie? Because this movie, is this movie for like the Blue Lives Matter people? I think it has to be. If it is, what do they imagine cops are doing and they're okay with?
1: Because um, it's not the law. I mean, I would imagine that they think that they have been entrusted
0: with this badge, so they it gives them a. They free can do reign. whatever they want, right? Yeah, and he's a bad guy. It's just it was real sick. It was really sick shit.
1: Well, I, w- watch. I would also imagine that they think like he's he's a bad cop, but he's a good man because he's going against the system. And as we know, the system is full of right. right the suit, right, right the. I mean, the rules that he he has to operate within aren't. Fair rules, like he should be able to like kill whoever he wants without consequences, and right. say all these things, and do all the, these things, right. he's ruin doing.
0: crime scenes, and kill whoever he wants with impunity, and also harass his ex-wife and stalk her, mm. and, and try and intimidate her boyfriend. We'll get to that scene. Yeah. Oh, um. You're right. Like, yeah, the real villain's a vegan suit guy. The political mentality behind this film is so despicable to me. Where this is the hero, where people are watching this movie, yeah, you get him. Say more disgusting homophobic things. Talk again how you're going to fuck him or not. Um, Yeah, get laid with all these prostitutes and, like, do blow, but also you're the good cop. Like, what? Also, you deserve to have your family back. Yeah. It's your ex-wife's fault. Well, clearly, what a bitch. She took his kids away from him. God,
1: I was also so scared for this woman in the entire movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're <laughs> in night, we just turned the pages in our notebooks, and we both have the same phrase right at the top. I wrote Merriman because <laughs> it's the first time we see Merriman. I go, Merriman is hot. And she wrote, Merriman is fine. <laughs> <laughs> he is hot. He's also uh, Leaf Striper's brother. He's really hot. He is. He's yeah. handsome in the face, too. He's not just like body hot. He's got a cute face. Yeah.
1: I really liked him in this. He was my favorite character. But he was also like really intriguing and
0: I could have bought him as maybe well, a villain. He, listen, he could have been good if there was anything to his character. There absolutely wasn't. Right. But he was at least good to look at and he had, he seemed like he had a light behind the eyes that Gerard Butler did not have. Gerard Butler had like shark dark eyes, you know, like deep, deep seas. Like, evil in his veins. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. <laughs> but Merriman looked bright and fun. His energy was light. I Even was... though he was right out of prison, he was having a good time. And I was rooting for him. I was rooting for him the whole movie. <laughs> him and 50. I loved 50. Mm-hmm. And Donnie. And and Donnie. Yeah. 50 was more compelling than Donnie, I would say. But yes. Yeah. Well, 50 <laughs> got a backstory. Right, he did. It's the only one who got a family. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, he looks like a young ice cube. Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together. So here's where we're starting to get what we don't know yet, but we'll later find out, is an unreliable narrator in Donnie. Yes. Donnie's giving us, via Gerard Butler, the backstory of how he came into his crew. And he's saying, oh, it's because I'm such a good driver. Okay, I want to talk about this. So we find out that Merriman's right out of prison. Um, he doesn't want to take any of his stuff with them, right? He's like ready to leave it behind. The guard goes, I'll see you soon. He goes, no, you won't. Aha. He goes immediately back to a life of crime immediately without hesitation. There's nothing, there's no pressing bills. There's no one extorting him. There's no one saying you got out of this game and now you got to get back in, you know, blackmailing him. What is his reason to go immediately back to crime if he doesn't want to go right back to prison? Or did he mean, I'm going to go right back to crime, but you won't catch me this time.
1: I think, because I had the same thought, but in, like talking about it now, I think he's
0: our character with the death wish. I don't think so at all. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I agree. I'm saying this doesn't work in the script. It doesn't make any sense for him to say that to that guy and then behave the way he's behaving. Except that this movie is all about what it thinks it looks like to be cool. In the movie. <laughs> and the movie
1: thinks it's cool to say, no, you won't.
0: You're right, but he doesn't mean it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think he has a death wish at all. I think there's nothing to suggest that. It's wishful thinking. This movie would be you know, better equipped. <laughs> I'm giving it some credit. Yeah, you're giving it some credit that's not there. But yeah, I mean, that's just stupid. And then, all right, we'll find out they're going to rob the Federal Reserve. You wrote, like, Just like, uh, what's his face, didn't escape from New York. Yep, I wrote big theme. <laughs> that's how you got to... To the the prisons. Uh, Island Prison. of New York. Oh, yeah. And then over right here, it's not established that they need the money. Why are they doing these crimes? What's anyone's motivation for being a criminal? I have no idea. Well, yeah. They never explain, like, oh, 50 does it. Because, like, they, this could have been resolved with one teeny scene here and there. Like, 50 looks at a giant bill. Like, a CBS-length <laughs> bill. And he goes, uh-oh. My wife be spending. You know? <laughs> or, like, um...
1: Or even in the prom scene... He's yes. throwing his daughter this giant, extravagant, like
0: and you party. realize he can't afford it. And you go, Oh, that's why he's a criminal. Or, um, or Merriman gets a letter from his brother who's like, I'm in rehab again, I need your money, you know. Anything. We don't know why these men are participating in crime at all. Except they seem to like it. Because it's cool. Because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. But a motivation is important for these kinds yeah. of movies. You know, we know why the fast guys are doing their crimes. There's usually a direct reason that they need the money for something. Or it's not even about money. It's about stopping someone else from doing a bigger crime at this point.
1: Or it's about survival. Like, right. they're on the run. Right, exactly.
0: Um, or to take care of their family.
1: Or even in the case of Point Break, it's like Bodie needs to fill that adrenaline rush.
0: Right, he's doing it because he has a death wish. Yeah. Um, it To have no motivation for our criminals or our cops... Um, outside of this is what I do, I guess, this is, this is the role I have. It just it made it so not compelling. to. I didn't care at all about what they did or if they succeeded or failed because there's nothing at stake. There's no, this is my last job and I'm getting out of it.
1: Right. There's no reason to root for them other than maybe this succeeds or not.
0: Or But there's nothing at stake if it does succeed. None right. of them are saying, if I get this money, then I'm out. Then I'm going to you move to cancun with my wife and my kids or i'm gonna you live this wonderful life no it's just another job i want to talk about um 50 cent and his daughter's prom date i love that scene i love that scene it was toxic as fuck but i liked it
1: i mean well it gave us the backstory we needed
0: yeah it was a cute moment it was was, you know this is how the gang actually supports each other as family members Mm -hmm. um because you have 50 cents uh Daughter is going to prom and you know a young it's also incredibly cliche this whole scene. Yeah. This is not a well-written scene, even even if this being one I liked. Um, I liked it because that it was the one spot in this terrible movie where I'm like, oh, this isn't as bad. It was a bright spot. <laughs> yeah. But um basically the the prom date comes, 50 is like wearing his you know signature tank top. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, come with me, kid. He refuses to shake his hand, and he takes him into the garage where the entire gang is waiting, and they're all in their tank tops. And they're all like, you know, like growling at him. And the Samoan guys are like really imposing and leaning in and growling. And, you know, they're all their muscles out, and they just like scowl at him, and 50 says, you know, you're going to protect my daughter and get her back on time. He's like, yes. You know, that's it. And then the guys giggle when he leaves. Right.
1: That was was charming. That was cute. because, again, it, it gave us a sense of, like, community and mm-hmm.
0: family that we needed from a movie like this. Yeah, it was it was one one moment of lightness that I enjoyed. Um, okay, so at this point, we have – before we get to the dinner scene, which is a horrific scene, which I definitely want to get into. But before we got there, we have a couple other moments. So previously, we had, you know, Donnie obviously getting kidnapped by Gerard Butler and his gang of cops. Why doesn't Donnie, within this, within this story, why doesn't Donnie tell his gang, hey, a cop grabbed me and nabbed me, and I told him X, Y, Z? I Actually, I was wondering that, too. It's not like they're threatening his family,
1: because we haven't seen any of Donnie's No, there, there was no threat there at all. They let right. him go. They let him go without even, like, you're going to wear a wire next time. or, right. or we're going to be, be tra- tracking you the whole time. Or if we see you with these guys again, we'll kill you. Yeah, I didn't know why
0: that he Donnie didn't just tell his gang immediately. Why didn't he tell his gang? Then we have another scene where Gerard blows up Donnie's spot at dinner. Why would Gerard do that? I don't understand it. Also, in this scene, Gerard Butler chooses to be racist for no reason for the plot, like to get them upset, I guess, but he starts saying things about Samoan guys. Oh, right. That's
1: that's where I wrote... I was like, in no world, Gerard Butler and Pablo Schreiber going to the same high
0: school. Uh, Gerard is trying to, like, rile up the gang, basically, at Donnie's expense. Which doesn't make any sense, because Donnie's his man inside presumptively. Presumably, I guess. Although that hasn't been established. Uh, But he's putting Donnie in danger. Like, he wants to get Donnie killed, the way he's going at Merriman. The gang of criminals leave... And they confront Donnie about it with like a bucket of acid. Like we're going to, we're going to kill you. 50, 50 cents, like let's smoke him. And then they just believe him. Why would
1: they believe him? Oh, it's because of the ending, I think. I mean, that's the twist at the end. But I don't think that adds up either. I don't know. I guess they were just like, oh, I know. Because then Merriman was like, tell tell Gerard Butler, that were on for Friday. Because they realized oh. they could use him
0: against right. They're using him as a diversion. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. All right. Now we're at the big scene with the dinner. So do you want to sign it up? Oh, yes. I'll just
1: start by saying that I wrote for this scene. Every scene with Gerard Butler is awful. He's horrifically something here. But this scene, uh, Gerard Butler drives up to this very nice, like modern house and starts pounding on the door basically, but he can see that his soon-to-be ex-wife, is having dinner with three other people. Um, presumably, presumably, like it looks like two couples having dinner. a double date. Yeah, a double date. Um, so he bangs on the door. He gets let in or he breaks in. Um, and then he basically goes in and starts harassing them.
0: He big dicks uh, her date to the point where he is so close to physically assaulting him. He eats his burger off his plate. He drinks his wine from his glass. He's saying disgusting things. Um, He's saying that he'll murder him straight up. He's like, I will kill you. Yeah. I will actually murder you. Oh, let me, like, performatively sign the divorce papers in front of them. Um, He hugs him in a very strange, aggressive way. Oh, that was awful. He was emasculating him. Yeah. The whole scene was about, I'm going to emasculate you. Um, And again, he's the hero of this movie. He breaks into this home... Is asked to leave a million times. Get very gets very aggressive with the other husband. There, um, emasculates his ex-wife. State and then demeans his ex-wife too by saying, oh, that yeah. "Are you hitting your doggy style?" Um, because that tattoo, that's my name on her back, Big well, Nick. I don't even think he says her. I think he
1: says, "Are you hitting it?"
0: You're right. You're you're hitting that. It was disgusting. And he goes, "You know, call me later." Right. Her. And that's where I was really worried the movie was going to get them both back together. Well, the movie definitely wanted him to still be the hero. That was like right. the The film's <laughs> opinion was that this was like a little aggressive, but he's in the right, which is just sick. Like, there's I wrote, have men ever been as
1: toxic as Gerard? I mean, the system really just punishes guys like him, you know, and celebrates these men who who have the nice houses. So of course he's entitled to do all these
0: things. Right. The other men are wimps. And they're all probably vegans. <laughs> That's what this movie is like. He's the only manly man. It's sick. It was a really upsetting scene. It was it was actually very scary. It was horrifying. It was very scary. They tried to get him to leave. He refused to leave. Like you could have cut this
1: scene as like this woman trying to escape from her husband. Yes. And made that the movie.
0: Yes. Like I mean, his behavior is so scary. She should easily have a restraining order against him um later when he when he approaches the children i thought that i thought he was gonna kidnap his daughter i thought so too i a teacher should have intervened and said why is there a man staring at this little girl talking to her from behind a a barbed wire fence
1: yeah the teachers were not paying attention at all oh 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 like a very scruffy scary looking man yeah oh side note can we talk about the tattoos in this movie oh sure (laughs) did you notice them no, continue. So everybody had tattoos. However, and I don't know how many of the actors actually have these tattoos, so I might be, you know, just saying nothing. But almost every single tattoo looked so so fresh, like they were. Oh, all, they're all fake. Then, they were yeah. all the same shade of of um, black, and it was just like very clearly fake, which made it look dumb.
0: Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Den of Thieves.
1: And we're back.
0: So at this point in the movie is where you texted me. That's where I was. Oh, yeah. Then there's this scene with Gerard stopping by his kid's school. I wrote, yikes, you think the school would intervene? Some strange alcoholic policeman peering through the gate to a schoolyard. You you would think
1: that the wife would have alerted the school that, like, my husband and I are divorcing. He's very dangerous. Please don't let him near my children. I have, like, a restraining or- order in progress. Any man, this scene, though, a man.
0: A strange, like, a man who looks like that. <laughs> and who looks like he's been up drinking for five days straight, um, peering through and holding on to the the fence of a schoolyard and pressing his face to it and touching a little girl's hand, anyone should scream and call 911. Yes. That is not how parents communicate with their children in a safe way. Any teacher should know that something is wrong. (laughs) But he gets away with it just fine. And again, this is a moment in the film where I think we're supposed to go, oh, it's so sad that he can't be with his little girl. And not, I'm very upset for this poor child having to deal with this man in this way. Yeah.
1: This man is manipulative and scary. Yeah. And should be kept as far away from this
0: child as possible. Yes. And then I wrote, when Gerard cries, I roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when he cries in the car? He's like, oh, my kid. I'm like, oh, get over yourself. Right. You didn't care about your kid when you were sleeping with strippers and texting your wife about it. Um, you didn't care about your kid when you were harassing your wife and nearly assaulting her date. You don't care about your kids. You've shown remorse for no action you've taken so far. Zero. If anything, he's emboldened. Yeah. All right, so that's when we get to the the bank robbery scene, which I thought was the end of the film.
1: <laughs> I did too. But, oh, how wrong we
0: were. That, this is when Rin came over when I was watching this scene. And I go, I only have 10 more minutes. And <laughs> she's like, no, you don't. Rebecca <laughs> was like, no, really, I only have, like, 10 minutes. Okay, maybe 20. I was like, no, you don't. Ugh. It's going to be another hour. It was It was only about, like, 45 minutes. I oh, guess yeah. So. Okay. But, yeah, it was longer than I thought. We're just starting this.
1: Okay, so the gang rolls up to this um, Pico Federal Credit Union thing. And they do, a, like, a traditional... Bank hostage situation. They go in, they say with their guns, and they're like, We're not going to hurt you. We just want the money. Get on the floor. We're going to make some demands. They haul the bank manager into his office. Uh, Merryman calls the cops and tells them his demands, which include, um, you know, we're not going to negotiate. We're going to start killing hostages. We want a chopper.
0: Yeah. And money. Mm. Um, so he not set that all up. Meanwhile, Gerard Butler watches them put on their scary masks, get their guns out, and go into this bank from his car. Yeah, he's sitting in the car because he knows the time and place
1: that they're going to go thanks to both Donnie and our unnamed girlfriend of Merriman slash stripper. We don't really know. She doesn't even get a name. No. Um, yeah, and he just watches them with the excuse that, like, oh, they haven't committed a crime
0: yet. Sure they
1: have. Right. I think putting on masks and getting guns. I think and going attempted
0: to- bank robbery is a crime in itself. I think it's a felony. Yeah. yeah. But he, Gerard Butler and his gang cops are all sitting in their cars just watching it not intervening. He's literally the worst jo- cop at his job and as a person.
1: Yeah, the movie really wants us to think he is the hero and he's like the best cop out
0: there. He's so bad at it. Like they just sit and watch. People could be dying. They're hearing gunshots, but they're sitting in their cars. Mm-hmm. And they get mad when the cops roll in, too. Right. They're like, this is our stakeout. It's insane.
1: Anyway, so Merriman is on the phone with the bank manager and a negotiator. Um, and so he gets angry, and he gives a signal, and he, one of the guys picks up a woman and hauls her into the bathroom, and she's, you know, crying, and then we hear a gunshot.
0: Yeah. It was obvious to me, even then, that she wasn't dead, because no. we didn't see her get dead. Um And then another moment where he's a terrible cop. Merriman calls Gerard Butler's cell phone and he doesn't go tell the hostage negotiator. Oh, no. Why would he do that? I mean, that's the system, Rebecca. Oh, you're right. He hates the system and all the suits and they're all vegan. Yeah. GB doesn't
1: work with the system. (sighs) He really doesn't. Anyway, so the, like, everyone rolls in. You know, they're waiting to see what happens. They're going to get the chopper, Mm -hmm. all the money. And then they hear an explosion and they're like, oh, they've blown the vault. Then nothing happens for a little bit.
0: Right. So they wait. And Gerard Butler has one of those like magic moments where he looks at the sewer grate and goes, oh, That's what they did. And he goes into the bank and he's like, It's all over. And he realizes they've escaped through the sewers. Now, this is another stupid moment because we see one man popping out of the sewer, not wet or dirty oh. or stinky, um, and a completely different outfit change. And all right. of the men have changed the costumes. Looking great. Um, and they're on their way to the Federal Reserve still. Now, how did the Federal Reserve not hear about a bank robbery that's <laughs> happening that's also the money they're supposed to be receiving at that moment?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's the 50s and news doesn't travel as quick as it does,
0: like, with a text or a call. Or it, like, Well, it's a bank robbery. I know. <laughs> and all the cops in L.A. are at this bank robbery. And meanwhile, the Federal Reserve's like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to pick. Yep, that's on our schedule right here that we're going to receive Money from that same bank that's currently being robbed, right now on schedule. Oh, and you're new guys too. That's fine. You ever done this before? And you 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 don't know the protocol, and and your money's late. And oh, you, you gotta come on in. Although I feel like in LA, traffic being an excuse for things is probably valid. Right, but the bank is currently being robbed. It's On the news. <laughs> right. They don't think to go. Oh, we maybe we won't get our shipment of money from this bank and pico whatever because it's currently being robbed. <laughs> There's no money to be dropped. Yeah. So that was idiotic. Um and then the, the next idiotic thing they did is you find out that um what's his face? Donnie, Donnie. is sitting inside the box of the money.
1: Yeah, at this point you would think there'd be sensors or like
0: an x-ray. They an, definitely yeah. One million percent would put the money through an x-ray just in case there's a gun in there or something. <laughs> yeah. Or a bomb. Or like a human. Or a human man crouching in there. Yeah. Somehow not moving at all and... Or breathing. breathing. It was outrageous. That was so stupid. So stupid. I mean, I felt like that was straight out of Ocean's Eleven. Uh, it, but it was, the, <laughs> it was just dumb. Uh, it was just dumb. It was dumb. dumber than Ocean's Laffin'. Then he has a magic device to make the camera not work. Yep. That was never explained. Magic technology to scramble the cameras. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make any sense. It was also very stupid that the guards somehow weren't looking at the right second and they didn't figure it out. It just, it took so many people doing their job so bad and lazy for this to get pulled off. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go take a break right now. I'm not, oh, yeah, the 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 camera's not working. That's fine. It just made no sense. That whole scene was so stupid. He ends up in the vents. And he makes it out in time to deliver some Chinese food to... Uh,
1: also didn't make sense. Well, he had stashed... So he'd gotten hired with this um, Chinese restaurant. Right. And he had... Last time he delivered, he had delivered one and stashed the second in the vent in the bathroom. So it was like three, four, five days old.
0: Yeah. And Just... so he delivers that. He cha- He has a co- full costume change in the <laughs> toilet somehow. I guess he brought a costume change in the box of money. Sure. Escapes through the vents, finds the bathroom, changes in the bathroom, comes out with the food, like he's been there all day, delivering food, drops off the food, he almost gets caught leaving, but he doesn't, even to the extent th- to which the woman who receives the food says it tastes terrible, and she calls down to stop him? To get her money back. As I, if, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. She just said stop him. Maybe to yell at
1: him for delivering bad food? I guess. No, and I mean, anyone who has ever ordered food in the past
0: 10 years knows that you don't harass your delivery person. Well, they also know that the delivery person doesn't really carry money on them. And if you're going to get a refund, it's going to be from the restaurant. Right, you have to call the restaurant. Anyway, she says, stop this man. And then doesn't it just like cut away? We don't see what happens to that? No, I mean, Gerard picks him up. Right, but the the security guard doesn't go after him. Nope, he's already long gone. Um, this is also the point in the movie where we completely abandon what Gerard Butler is doing for like a good 20-30 minutes and we don't go back to him for a long time. Um, he's like a thousand steps behind them. He doesn't find out that they went to the Federal Reserve until the very last frame of the movie. He does No. He doesn't know they're at the Federal Reserve. Oh right. He just the happens. The whole fucking
1: movie he has no idea they're at the Federal <sighs> Reserve. Right. Because he just happens to see Donnie delivering. Oh I did he not get that.
0: He never figures this plot out. Oh my god. He's
1: done. There's never
0: a moment where he's like Oh, he we went through the sewers to get to the Federal Reserve. No, he never gets
1: the plot. No, he just happens to be driving.
0: Yeah. On that highway. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. And then he just happens to be in traffic. And then you remember the end where he goes,
0: oh, the bar is so close to the Federal Reserve. I was wondering about
1: that moment because I thought he didn't he didn't. No, he, did, he, oh no he didn't piece it
0: together the whole movie.
1: Oh, my God. What a dummy.
0: <laughs> this is a movie about a, a a cop who does not figure out what the criminals are doing. The whole movie. Wow. He doesn't outsmart them ever. He just outguns them. But he doesn't out he doesn't figure out the plot <laughs> the movie. Um, oh, but I'm like, okay, we've lost Gerard Butler in this part of the film. And then he wrote, it's mean those ladies are tricked into eating days old food. That's yeah. mean. <laughs> I liked those ladies too. I loved their first scene with Johnny. Yeah, because they were hitting on him. That was cute. We're literally the worst cops ever. Um, oh, yeah, then, then at the junkyard. So Merriman and 50 Cent go to the junkyard to retrieve the money. All, the money part made no sense at all. It made no sense at all. They, they did all this work to say there's $30 million in completely unmarked bills that cannot be traced, that if you get them, you're good. Um, but it's impossible to get them before they go to the shredder. But here's our master plan. What we saw working out could not have been that master plan. No, I mean – I
1: could explain it about, like, here's how it went down, but we didn't see it on screen.
0: No, we didn't. Um, so it's just stupid. But anyway, they end up at the junkyard to retrieve the money, presumably. No one is blinking an eye, and the junkyard's full of other people. I know. I know. Presumably, people who work there, people who are used to receiving shredded money from the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve truck rolls up. Um, everyone watches these men take off all their clothes, burn their clothes. In the middle of the junkyard, take the money. And no one's like, hey, you you can't just take shit from the junkyard and start a fire.
1: Right. You also can't take shredded bills that are not, you know, that are from the government.
0: No. For your own use. No. No, it it was just absurd. But, you know, that happens. And then i this is also where I noted, too, there's no camaraderie with these guys. We talked about before. You really feel it in these moments because... I feel like they, that was when uh, Donnie, they were like, oh, Donnie got made. Because they see that Donnie's been obtained by Gerard Butler. And Merriman goes, okay, well, we just lost both of them. Even though the Smoan guy was not made. And he's like, I can still help out. Right. Merriman is really being. being Merriman's like, part. yeah, fuck both of them. Um, and then we get a big shootout in traffic.
1: I mean, at least they took the time to show us all the people getting out of their cars and like.
0: Or ducking down. Yeah, right, they did not take the time. Safety. Right, because this would have been really horrible to see. Oh, God. Yeah, this would have been a massacre. Yeah. Um, I wrote um, Do they have car insurance for this kind of thing in LA? Like shootout in traffic?
1: I uh, mean, every time I've been in LA, it's
0: not been anything like this. I've never <laughs> had a shootout. Well, it seems common in this film. film. Um, and I wrote, I'm wrote, i not rooting for any of them. Mm-mm. Certainly not Gerard Butler and his gang of crooked cops. Or necessarily Merriman, because he just abandoned his guys. I want, I don't want 50 Cent to die, because he's got a family, but he does. But yeah, and then Merriman leaves 50 to die. He doesn't try and drag him away. He doesn't say anything to him. Um, I just really shouldn't be surprised.
1: It's interesting, because you mentioned that And then I remember the scene with Gerard Butler and his men. And they're like, you know, with one of them where he's like, have you tended to the boys yet? Are you going to call the, you know, the dead guy's wife? So maybe the movie is like telling us that Gerard is still our hero. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, Gerard Butler gets shot in the hand, but it doesn't slow him down at all. He can still shoot just fine with that hand. So I have to say,
1: my boyfriend and I went to a VR experience over the weekend. Where we, you know, we were basically alien droids shooting off, um, or like, we were basically droids fighting off an alien invasion, and we were given, you know, guns, and I gripped that gun so hard in my fake fight that it was sore for hours afterwards. So I don't know how- Your hands are sore. Yeah, my hands were sore. So I don't know how Gerard Butler is doing
0: just fine with his shot hand. Well, it's it's just absurd. Right. I mean, if your hand gets shot in the middle, which it did- you wouldn't then happily grab and grip a gun.
1: No, you wouldn't. You'd be
0: screaming and like wrapping it. Or at least he should be holding the gun with one hand. Yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> um, Gerard deserve- deserves to die in this movie. And then, you know, it's a showdown between Gerard Butler and Merriman. And we've seen this in so many of these movies done a million times better where – these men are diametrically opposed or they're mirrors of each other, like a dark mirror, like we talked about in Point Break and Fast and Furious. Um, In all kinds of films like this, where these men are seeing something dark in each other that they see in themselves, where there's like one or both man has gone through a personal journey through the film and then has come to a conclusion in this moment, facing down his other Mm -hmm. no (laughs) none of that happened in this movie they're fucking strangers they have nothing in common they've learned nothing from each other um there's no exploration of self here at all they're not connected in any meaningful way at all
1: well i would say that's because merriman isn't actually meant to be gerard butler's other that's meant to be Donnie, as we learn at the end of the film. I think he is actually the focus of the movie,
0: but uh, I don't know. It's really not think a any, triangle.
1: But they don't learn anything from I, I don't think any
0: one. of these men are are positioned as Gerard Butler's mirror character. If anything, it's Gerard Merriman who are posed as presumably posed as equal opposites, but they're not, is what I'm arguing. That like right, right. there's no deeper connection there, there's no growth, there's no introspection.
1: Well they interact so little, whereas I mean at least
0: Donnie and Gerard Butler interact a lot more. One thing about like the gun range scene, the dinner scene where he But even then he the big fo- dicks, uh I mean the Merriman. Focus,
1: the focus is still on Donnie. I guess he's using Donnie there in the big like the dinner scene.
0: But he's using Donnie to attack Merriman. Right. Yeah and the the gun range scene, Donnie's not it at all. No. I don't think he thinks of Donnie as his equal at all. And I don't think even in the end when he realizes the thing about Donnie, he thinks of Donnie as as a worthy opponent. Right. I think if anything he thinks of, Merriman is a worthier opponent. But what I'm just saying is that there's nothing to that. There's no depth there. No, there isn't. There's yeah, not right. even Gerard Butler learns a lesson. <laughs> if only. You know? Or even if they had a line that was like, you know, yeah, I'm a crooked cop, but I could have been a crooked crook, you know? Or like, at least I'm on the right side of the law and you're not. Right. Anything to establish what the meaning is behind why Gerard Butler Would give a fuck at all, because he clearly doesn't care about his job. Why would he give a fuck at all that Merriman is doing what he's doing? He doesn't. Yeah, other than to solve this case, they'll solve all of the other cases. That's not even established as something at stake. You don't have his boss going in there, man, you haven't solved a case in 20 years. (laughs) If you don't solve this case or any of these other unsolved cases, you're off the force. There's nothing at stake to any of it. Well, he doesn't care about his job. He's literally doing blow with hookers and strangling and tasing random people. He doesn't care about keeping his job. So to what end? Why does he care about being in this fight with Merriman? you know, like in that, the moment where they're facing each other down, there's just no substance there. And there has no. been in so many other films we've seen. And this movie wants there to be too. It, yeah. I think it's a necessity to have that moment have any meaning. It's just not there at all.
1: Yeah. So then Merriman dies. Gerard Butler goes back to his car Apparently bereft or something. I don't know.
0: I didn't. I didn't see any emotion. He's fine with that. You
1: see, I don't really know what was going on. I think again, the movie wants us to think that he's a human, and
0: I didn't see grief on his face at all. Did you? No, this
1: is my own read. Like that's my rewriting. (laughs) In my rewriting of this, yes, they would have
0: really learned something from each other, or it would have been a hard moment where Gerard seeing Merriman die and realizing that could have been me, or. If I had taken a different path, that would have been me or. Yeah. Yeah. Or any kind of reckoning. No, mm-hmm. there's nothing. He's just staring over his body. Okay. You're dead. Right. He goes back to his car. Uh oh. Donnie's gone. Because that's like part
1: of the twist. Donnie has double crossed them. Mm-hmm. And I guess managed to make the money reappear, the uncounted money reappear in somewhere else that they're shipping to Panama.
0: Yeah. None of this
1: made any sense. And who is the den of thieves or where? I don't know. You're asking me questions that, like, I don't have the answer to. But I'm assuming it's, like, the
0: gang of cops
1: and the gang of bank robbers.
0: That they're both the Den of Thieves? Yeah, like, it's a whole big old Den of Thieves. And then then we get this reveal, which also made no sense.
1: So then it's revealed, as Rebecca mentioned
0: earlier, that Donnie is an unreliable narrator
1: and has basically been the mastermind behind this (laughs) since the get-go. He...
0: and is he British? Is that part of the reveal too, or is that a fake accent? Oh, that, I thought that was a fake accent, obviously. I thought maybe he was British the whole time. Who knows? Oh God! Right. So the
1: movie ends with Johnny in London, and we see that three of the men who worked at the Federal Reserve were in his gang. The woman, one of the women from the Chinese food delivery, was in his gang.
0: Who, who worked at the Federal Reserve was in on in on the job, and then the Samoan guy who who was also very like, who was nice to him was also in on this.
1: And we learned from Gerard Butler's uh, jaunt to the bar that Donnie had played soccer with at least the,
0: with all three of them. Um, what was that supposed to mean to us? That's supposed
1: to show the camaraderie that we have been missing the entire movie or the the missing link.
0: Well, yeah, I guess it's supposed to show that Donnie was lying when he first told the story and we saw the flashbacks yeah. of him being introduced to Merriman yes. and the gang, that they already knew each other. He wasn't the new guy in town. You know, or just some guy who got roped into it that he was like a mastermind. And then we see a new revised scene from, I guess, I suppose Donnie's interpretation now, or his truth, where Merriman says, it'll be my gang this time instead of your gang, your crew. And we're going to do it my way. And Donnie goes, okay, sure. But clearly he was double crossing them the whole time to get away with his crew, who all of his friends work at the Federal Reserve. Right. Well, that's the thing
1: in the end, like in that end scene, where he befriends the new diamond.
0: Oh, stupid. Also, that guy looked like an action star, like like huge.
1: He looked like Dolph Lundgren or something. Yeah, he looked
0: huge and out of control, like an MMA guy. So stupid. Well, you know, these
1: days, MMA just doesn't pay, so he used to go into the diamond business.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we like, why would they be in his crew? Like, why would that woman who works at the Federal Reserve want to blow up her entire life? Like, all these people, all these white-collar people are like, yeah, that's like...
1: Yeah, let's see that. Maybe it's that Donnie is playing a really long game and everybody else is playing a short game.
0: We haven't seen Donnie be some incredibly charismatic criminal either. Or like someone who can easily convince. No. Or someone who can like inspire the people to to follow him into danger. People with good jobs, with white collar good jobs to to steal money from the Federal Reserve and also move to London with him. It just, yeah. It was a, it was a lot to ask.
1: Well, if the movie really wanted that to happen, they needed to have given him more screen time to showcase that. And I think it just wasn't willing to take
0: sure. screen time away from George Butler. It could have taken one scene at the bar where you see how charismatic he is as a bartender. Right, that could have helped solid. it.
1: Yeah, instead you see him with his friends. Remember the guys at the beginning when they're when he's like, "Okay, no more drinks for you." Oh, that that was his new gang. That that was his Federal Reserve gang. Was it? mm Hmm.
0: The Samoan and those guys, Yeah. Oh, yeah. We flashed back to it when did Butler... Yeah, famous. I didn't quite understand because the Samoan guy was in the other gang, too. Yeah.
1: Okay. I know it's a hard question, but how would you fix this movie? I mean, obviously, the homophobia, racism, misogynistic, all that stuff aside.
0: Yeah, I mean, that stuff aside, I would probably just nix Gerard Butler's character altogether because he's not a compelling hero and just have this be a heist movie where Donnie tricks... Merriman into helping facilitate his crime. Mm. Yeah, he cut right. Gerard out entirely. How about you? How would you fix that? I mean, I was gonna say like
1: make his part significantly smaller, but I think cutting it out entirely would work great. And then really making the the two different like gangs more obvious, giving both sides like more of a connection, and also slightly more hints about Johnny's mm-hmm. you know double cross.
0: Yeah, I really felt like it came out of nowhere. It was just very silly. Well, it's it's the thing that I absolutely hate in action movies, which is
1: ignoring the rest of the movie for the setup at the end for the, for the sequel.
0: Right. Well, and for the twist that isn't earned. Right. So, Rin, overall, how did you feel about this movie?
1: Oh, I hated it. It made me deeply upset. And as we talked about earlier, like, who is this audience?
0: Who is this movie for? Yeah, and that may be the most disturbing... Part of it is there is an audience for this movie of men who would, it has to be exclusively men in my mind. Um, but of men who would watch this and go, yeah, yeah, I like that. He's a hero. This movie did appear on a top, you know, 30 or 20 list of action movies too. Yeah. How? I just don't know what
1: people see in it. Even from an action quote-unquote, action standpoint, none of the fight scenes
0: are particularly interesting. There wasn't very much action in this movie. No. There is the opening shootout scene at the donut shop. There was a heist scene um, at the Federal Reserve and at the bank prior. Um, and then there's a shootout in traffic. But there's so much the movie is, has no action. Yeah, and when there's no relationship between any of the men. Any. Any. It wasn't even like a deep friendship between Gerard Butler and one of his buddies. No. I mean, I feel like the deepest
1: connection I got was between
0: him and the FBI guy.
1: And that was like, oh, questionable at best. Yeah, this movie just made me really upset. And not like outwardly upset. It was just kind of like, ugh, really? I had to sit through basically three hours of this movie and four <laughs> of my hard-earned dollars.
0: That's right. Four dollars you'll never get back.
1: I could, I could have gotten a croissant with that. I could have gotten... A fancy coffee. So, I mean, I I don't really know how else to talk about my feelings other than to say because usually I feel like we do a really good job of highlighting what we liked even if we really didn't like the movie, but this is just one of those movies that I think is going to exist on Amazon Prime and enjoy my four dollars G base. Rebecca, how did you feel
0: about this movie? <laughs> I mean, I think it's obvious. I thought this movie was despicable. There's nothing redeeming about it for me at all. It's misogynistic. It's racist. It's offensive. It's really homophobic um, and pointless. And like at the end of the day, Bad Boys is a much better film because at least they attempted, they attempted humor. They attempted to show a relationship between two men even though they didn't actually justify it in the script and undermined it at every turn. This one didn't even attempt to show you that he had connections with anyone. That his gang of, of crooked cops was like a family. No, it was just... These are some other criminals and they happen to have badges and they're all disconnected. And same with the criminal gang, completely disconnected. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't even a glance back when 50, when 50 cent gets shot from Merriman. Yeah. It really makes you long for the barbecues at the Toretto's. Well, that for sure. But, but just anything, just any kind of human connection. I've seen a couple of Gerard Butler's action movies recently.
1: And it's interesting because They all sort of tend to have the same theme in that he is sort of an anti-hero, like a guy going against the system who has children, Mm -hmm. which really makes me wonder if this is just how he wants to be seen. This is the image I present to the world. I'm like a good guy who goes against the system. Or if this is the role he feels most comfortable playing. I mean, I don't know. How do you read the script and not go, ooh, this is not who I want to show up as? So I hated this movie. <laughs> uh, this may be one of the worst movies I've seen. Out of five, Rebecca, what would you be your trash can rating for this movie? I mean,
0: we don't have zero, right? No. If it's not a zero, it's a one. I think it's a one. Yeah, this is the worst movie I've seen in a very long time. It made me really angry, and I really hated it. Um, and I really was searching for anything to grab onto. The only things I can, the only things I will say in its favor is that Merriman was super hot. I like to see 50 cent. And that's it. What about you? How many trash can fires would you give us out of five trash can fires? 100%
1: one. Lower if I could. Mm-hmm. Same. I think the fact that we both, at the same moment in the movie, were like, I can't. Do we have to do this? We're
0: I think that was really telling. I'm glad we stuck it out. I'm glad we know. Yeah. You know, I, w- I would hate to stop it earlier on and then. Again, because this is on lists of people's favorite movies of this genre. Not a lot of lists. I saw them on lists. <laughs> I should have, should have taken them as a warning sign. But um, some people in the world like this. And what if we missed something that was great about it? So I'm glad we saw it. But yeah. I just, Oh, man. I'm sort of stuck on who wrote the list and how can
1: we write a list that is going to bump that list out of existence. Yeah. Anyway, that's
0: how we feel. We feel yuck about this movie. Really, really yuck.
1: So we've dedicated an episode
0: to this so you don't have to. That's right. You don't watch this if you don't recommend it. Okay. So that brings us to the end of this episode, thankfully. Um, next week, we'll be back with the first Mission Impossible film starring Tom Cruise. Um, we did watch some of these movies in an earlier iteration of the podcast, but I really think we're going to be revisiting them with fresh eyes this time.
1: I agree. And I'm really excited to partly because I sort of already know where I stand with them. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to, like with the first Fast Movie, figuring out which ones I really enjoy more.
0: Yeah, our opinions, mine at least, changed very drastically between my first and second time watching the first Fast Movie, too. Mm-hmm. Really loved it the second time. Yeah. So we may feel differently about the first Mission Impossible than we did initially. I, I will, I can only hope. <laughs> um, well, that brings us to the end. Um, If you want to send us an email with a movie recommendation or a compliment, you can at ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at ladiesgetaction. If you would like to leave us a five-star
1: review with some nice words on Apple Podcasts, we'd love that too. Rebecca and I have been putting together sort of a list of, of things to celebrate. And I think one of them, when we get 20 reviews, we should sign up for a driving stunt course wouldn't that be amazing yes I want to do that yes that way you can really you know take on the title of high performance driver
0: well I already have it but they're going to be like we need to shut down this whole business because Rebecca is the best we've ever seen and they're going to give me they're going to offer me a job and I'll be like no I'm so busy as a casting director and they'll be like Rebecca we really need you to do this job no one can teach the people like you can no one can drive the cars like you can this is your calling and I'll go well I guess I could be you know a formula one or a nascar driver or stunt driver and a casting director once i somehow i'll manage it you'll have to manage rebecca this is like you said this is your calling
1: it is my calling this is your like your divine path <laughs> yes anyway we'd love it if you leave us a review yes please and rebecca where can people
0: find you if they want to find you in all your driving glory <laughs> you can find me on instagram at rebecca ringley casting and rin where can people find you
1: people can find me on instagram at rin olson that's r-i-n-o-l-s-s-o-n
0: and until next time get some action